Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I am here with you guys today going up until 3 o'clock. And have no worries. I will also be doing my show tonight, Breaking with Brett Jensen, from 7 to 8. And then if there's any breaking news that happens between 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock, I'll be on top of that and joining Brett Warnable as well. So strap in. You guys got me for the next three hours. And I appreciate everyone listening. And we will be taking phone calls, 704-570-1110. That's the telephone number. And make sure you guys follow me on Twitter for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area at Brett underscore Jensen. Okay, so look, some things happening today. Like, a lot of things happened last night, but some things happening today as well. So the gun override veto bill for the concealed carry and the carry permit and the gun permits and all that, right? The North Carolina pistol purchase permit requirements and that new bill was overturned this morning by the North Carolina House by a vote of 71 to 46. Now, I said last night on my show that I would be surprised if the bill was overturned, overturned Governor Cooper's bill, uh, veto. And what I did not take into account, and it's purely a mathematical error on my part, I'm thinking in my brain 120 votes. Like there's 120 members and they need two-thirds. So in my brain, that's what I'm thinking. I think it's 74 votes is what you need. But what I did not take into account Three people didn't vote. And so that lowers the number of people that you actually need to have it pass. Because it's only it's always a two-thirds vote. It's not two-thirds of 120. That's only if all 120 people actually vote in the North Carolina legislature. And I didn't take that into account. And so when that happened this morning and it passed, I was a little caught off guard. I I didn't expect it because I know there were some Democrats. There were initially three Democrats who voted for this bill. And I believe five people total did not. Did not vote at all. Cooper vetoed it. Yesterday, it went through the Senate. Had the veto power with the Senate. Not surprising because the Senate already has the supermajority in place for the Republicans. So that's not surprising. That, that, that passed quickly. But down party lines, but nonetheless quickly. It was this morning's vote with the House that I wasn't sure was going to pass. And I didn't think it was going to pass. Because I didn't think there were going to be enough votes. Because of what happened on Monday. Monday was the thing. It's bad optics. Whether or not you agree. 100% agree with this bill and believe it should be in place, that's great. M- m- whatever. More power to you. It doesn't impact me generally one way or the other because I've never had a gun and I will never own a gun, but my best friend on the entire planet has 
a handful of guns, and his son has a handful of guns. They're gun people. Great. I know businesswomen, exceptionally educated businesswomen that have guns. Great. More power to you. They feel, you know, they're divorced. They feel like they want a gun just to protect them and their family just in case the unthinkable happens and someone tries to break into their house. Okay? I get it. I get it. But I didn't think it was going to pass because of the optics. Even if you believe wholeheartedly in this bill, having this happen two days after Nashville is horrible marketing. This is horrible marketing. The North Carolina legislature had the ability to put this in what they call the veto garage. They actually use that term in Raleigh, the veto garage. A bill could just sit there until the timing was right. You know, when things have calmed down, you know, a month from now and people still aren't looking at Nashville or six weeks from now or eight weeks from now, they could have done that. But they didn't wait. They went straight to it this morning. And you had three people who did not vote. Either they were absent or whatever, or abstained, or just were not in place. Doesn't matter. You can have the vote, and you only need two thirds of those present. And I did not think that. I think they wound up with four Democrats that actually voted for this bill. Yeah, it was four Democrats that voted for this bill. And the reason why I didn't think it was going to happen, yes, the bad marketing, the bad optics. But Democrats, some of those that were on the fence, actually spoke about this. Like, had a little mini conference get together to talk about this amongst themselves. And if the media or the anti gun people were going to go after anyone, they weren't going to go after the Republicans. They weren't, they're not. They're not going to go after the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore. They know that they are pro gun and pro Second Amendment and pro this and pro that. That's 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 their stance. It's always been their stance. That's not a surprise. That's like saying that the liberals are for, you know, controlling climate change. Like that's not a surprise. That's their platform. But what is the surprise is when you have crossover parties do it. And in this case you had four. And if the gun advocacy groups or the anti-gun advocacy groups and the media if they're going to go after anyone, they're going to go after the four that crossed party lines. They're not going to go after the Republicans because they generally hate the Republicans anyway. That's not, that's nothing new. What is new is having four Democrats vote on the side of the Republicans. And what this also does in the world, in the weird political landscape of things, it shows you one very specific thing that has been true for every governor and every president throughout time. What happens? What are they called when they're in their final two years and they can't run for re-election? What are they called? Lame ducks. That's it. Lame ducks. You no longer have the power or the gravitas to wield your influence 
on your colleagues of the same party. You no longer have it. Because you just had four cross the line and vote the other way. Despite Governor Cooper putting out a vote or putting out a tweet yesterday, highly condemning and ripping the Republicans. Didn't mention anything about the four Democrats that crossed the line, but ripping the Republicans and using the horrible situation in Nashville as the platform to rip the Republicans. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just going to do this on the fly. Um, Bernie, go ahead and call the cell phone number, if you will. Thank you. So, yeah, a lot happened today with uh, the up in Raleigh. The gambling bill is going to be passed today as well, and we're going to get into that a little bit. So that'll happen, being able to gamble online. So, and by the way, I want to say something real quick. Again, this is Brett Jensen. I just realized this. You're going to have eight straight hours of Brett's today. You're going to have it. Brett Jensen from 12 to 3. Brett Wernable from... Three to seven, from three to seven, because he's sitting in for Charlotte at six today, and then my show, Breaking with Brett Jensen, from seven to eight. So you're going to have eight straight hours of Brett's today. Okay, so what I'm going to do right now is he's calling in all the way from Raleigh, and we're going to bring him on the show right now. Sheriff McFadden, first of all, I know you're a busy man, sir. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so. Were you surprised that the bill was actually over overrid the uh, governor's veto? Did that catch you off guard? Because I think it caught a lot of people off guard. Yes, it did. Uh, well, first, thank you all for allowing me to be on the show. But as you can see, I'm accessible. And I'm, I'm willing to have these conversations because these conversations are important. Um, I'm actually leaving the General Assembly as we speak, headed to another meeting of the North Carolina Sheriff Legislation uh, Committee meeting, which I am a part of. I am very surprised. I am extremely surprised because we have just saw a horrific incident in Nashville. And I know that very well, and I've been trying to get in touch with them, of how do you deal with something like this? And so is actually loosening the laws to allow people like this young lady to obtain weapons, knowingly that she had some struggles and some illnesses. I think these are things that we need to look at. Whether it's right or wrong, we think we need to look at this and find out that loophole or that miscommunication or that miss one thing that would have allowed this young lady to have these weapons. Because the parents of these six people, well, five people, because the husband, a father lost his daughter, they want to know these answers, too. Because these are the things that keep me up at night. And all we're doing is loosening these laws so the incorrect people can obtain weapons. And again. Every time you, I'm going to have this conversation, I am pro-Second Amendment. So that is not the issue. I just want my communities safe. And I want the right people to have the gun, but then I don't want the wrong people to have them to cause a situation we saw in Nashville, which we, we will continue to see across America. Sheriff, we're talking with Sheriff Gary McFadden, who's calling us live from Raleigh to talk about the veto override of talking about the pistol permit. So, Sheriff, explain what is the big difference? What will you not be able to do? Will you still be able to send permits to uh, and try to get go through the VA or Broughton in the mental hospital up in Raleigh? What changes on your end? On my end, number one, I have four people who have been relieved of what they're uh, accustomed to doing in the office. They will be retrained. 
um, and then we'll work on the concealed carry permit. The concealed carry permit, as it stands today, uh, still remains that you still need to be fingerprinted, still have the background check, and still with the um, checking with all the mental uh, facilities that we um, use. So these are the things that we need to work on. Create a system that better produces quicker results. That is on that end, not being able to give you a gun quicker. Let's talk about the system that is causing the log jam. The sheriff sends these to these facilities only to look at the records so I can make a sound decision with my staff. So why can't we work on that? That is what we should be working on. But we want to simplify the process that will cause us many problems in our communities across America. We are simplifying something that has caused parents to wake up in the middle of the night worried about their children, worried about their children going to school, worried about uh, their children coming home. Domestic violence issues, uh, both men and women on the side of domestic violence worry, why would you give my house a gun? And these are the things that we should be worried about and not the quickness of just getting someone a weapon. And is that the biggest difference, is that it's going to be happen a lot faster and a lot easier? Will they still be able to do the mental background checks? Well, the mental background check is not going to come. Well, you have to rely on Nick's and the FLL guy. You have to rely on them now. I, I, like I said, I questioned what is being looked at or, or help you to, to determine who to relieve these guns to. So it's still it's a big question in my mind. How accurate are these systems? So that'll be left up to the dealers and the, and the federal uh, young men and women who are licensed to sell the weapons. Our hand, as they say, are washed of that. Sure. Your, permit will not, your permit will not have Sheriff Gary McFadden naming on it. Some people may clap now, but I hope you can clap at the end of the year. Sheriff, let me speak in which, let me switch gears, but continue the same topic a little bit. In terms of what happened out there in Nashville, you know, the school resource officers, it was a private school, didn't have one, at least as far as I know, didn't have a school resource officer out there. And a lot of the elementaries and elementary schools do not have CMS or do not have uh, SRO officers, school resource officers with CMS elementary schools. But you still... Um, have your deputies go by there and do paperwork or stop by elementary schools. Is that correct? I, I do. I will continue to support CMS. Um, I su will continue to support the parents who ask me to do this. And my deputies will continue to go by these schools and spend some time there. And if anybody want to know how many, I can, I can tell you at the beginning of Monday or Friday of each week. We do these two school checks because we want our cities schools and our kids safe. Well, sir, I know you're extremely busy up there in Raleigh, jumping in between you know, the, house, the legislature and doing all these meetings, and I really do appreciate you joining us because this, this was a big topic, and like I said, I think it caught quite a few people off guard that it actually got passed. Well, it, it did, but here's what I would say. Everybody knows that the sheriff will talk to you, and the sheriff will have these conversations, and the sheriff will have these debates. Well, let's now focus on who went against the grain. Did our legislations in, in Raleigh, did, did our people came and say, Sheriff McFadden, what is your opinion? How good or how bad is this? Do you agree 
or do you disagree? I just simply wanted that time to have conversations with the people who are making these decisions because these decisions will ultimately pop up into my city and pop up into my county. And then who's to blame after that? Well, now Sheriff McFadden name would not be on these permits, but who will be held accountable after this? Let's have these conversations and ask our lawmakers, why did you vote this way or why did you vote that way? I think that'll be a great topic. I think that'd be a great conversation. I think it should be a community conversation. So we all well know where we stand. Everybody believes that they know where the sheriff stands. So we need to know where our lawmakers stand and let them tell you why they made that decision and what do they believe that they're going to gain from these decisions. And let's be, we talk about accountability and we talk about transparency. Everybody should have the accountability and transparency. They have dug in my house. They have dug in all the files. They have looked at all what I have done, criticized all I have done, looked at the numbers. So let's talk about this openly. But that conversation, I don't have anything to do with it because I don't do crystal permits anymore. Somebody else does. Sheriff, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you all. God bless you. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's military surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. Sitting in for Pete Callender going up until 3 o'clock. Want to thank Sheriff Gary McFadden, who joined us up there from Raleigh. He's up in Raleigh today to talk about the new pistol permit that just happened, the law that was overturned with Cooper. And I explained that to you in the first segment, how it actually all came about. Three people didn't vote, which lowers the number of yes votes that you need to overturn it. You need two thirds, not two thirds of 120, which is the total members of the house, you know, in the North Carolina legislature, but two thirds of those actually voting. And three people didn't vote which lowered the number that you needed, and you had four Democrats to actually do this that, that jumped party lines. So, so uh, like I said, it was, caught me off guard. And like I said, and I did not do the math last night when I said I didn't think it was going to pass, but completely caught me off guard. So, hey, not the first time I've been wrong. I promise you that. So, um, all right, so we got some people that have been holding, and we are going to go straight to your phone calls right now. So we're going to start with David. David, I appreciate you holding on for a while. Uh, you're listening to the Pete Callender Show. All right, great. Thanks, Brett. Um, I mean, I was listening to the sheriff talk, and, of course, he made the prediction that at the end of the year, crime will have gone up. And that's a pretty easy prediction to make, considering that crime's been going up every year for years. Well, well, especially in Charlotte over the last four, since twenty since 2019. Yeah. Now, if you want to really know how this is going to affect things, just look across the border to South Carolina. They have no pistol permit system, and their crime's no better or worse than ours is. Um, granted that the optics, but what happened in Nashville aren't that great. But, what, you know, this was 
a setup that probably would not have been able to have been repeated had, had it waited so that there were people who did not vote. But this is a good thing. You know, average people now are not going to have to jump through more hoops than a circus tiger to get, you know, a weapon to protect themselves. And, and the laws never made any sense anyway, because you can be 18, walk into a gun store and walk out with an AR or an AK-47 that day. But yet to buy some crummy little pistol that fits in the palm of your hand, I got to go through the third degree. That makes no sense at well, all. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate because that's what I love to do. Whether whether you are against this bill or for this bill, I always like to ask questions on the other way. So let me ask you a question: on This don't you think that the reason that you had to have the permit for the pistol is because I can hide a pistol? You can't hide an AR-15. Uh. I would debate that. ARs can be pretty small. Yeah, well, I mean, when you get rifles, I, I mean, backpack. yeah, but I mean, but then you got to pull them out, try to assemble them, and whatever it is you got to do. But like, it, like a pistol, you can hide in your purse, you can hide in your fanny pack, you can hide in your pocket, you can hide in your sock, which they actually do. So, I mean, you're not hiding a rifle in your sock. And so I, that's one thing. I mean, that's, but the other thing is, it's not the average person. Here's what the argument says. The argument isn't about the people of you having to wait 15 days and jump through hoops to get a pistol permit. It's to prevent people who shouldn't have them from having them. Like if it well, takes you, that. if it takes you an extra 15 days, is that really that big of a deal? Well, if that's all it was, I would agree. The problem is, I had to, I had to spend close to 50 bucks over a year and never even got the permit because I had to send off for military records from 30 years ago, you know, to prove that I didn't have issues. And I never had to do that before. I've lived in Mecklenburg County all my life. I'm in my 60s. Right. I probably had a dozen permits over that time. And now all of a sudden, I've got to go through all this. And to make matters worse, there's no more appointments. So the people that were having to just get permits had to go stand outside in the line that wrapped around the building. Well, that's the state. That that was that was that was the judge. That wasn't McFadden. That was the North Carolina judge that did that and got rid of all the appointments. That was right. that was well, the judge. That, he had nothing to do with that. Turning into. Yeah, I mean that wasn't that wasn't you know the, like I said the appointment thing that that had nothing. That was a state thing. That wasn't a him. Um, but I, you well, know, but but the other thing. But again. That's the one thing I will tell you this because, you know, McFadden's been on my show quite a few times and he says, look, we do this through the VA and we do this through Broughton, the mental hospital up in Raleigh, to make sure because, you know, like, I mean, it, it's not, un, you know, unthinkable to think that or it's not crazy to think that there might be people with PTSD, you know, ex-military. And so I think. You know, like I said, I, the argument is, like I said, I'd always love to play devil's. I, I don't have a dog in this fight, like one way or the other. I really don't care one way or the other. This does not impact me at all. But I always do like to play devil's advocate on that. And so my question is, you know, shouldn't people be able to do mental background checks on ex-military or anybody else? Sure. I mean, it would be nice to have a crystal ball to be able to look into a person's mind. But one, one of the things that people may not be aware of, when you walk into a gun store, if the clerk gets a bad vibe on you, he don't have to sell you a gun. He doesn't have to. Now, grant you, if he makes a habit out of it and he happens to do it to a certain type of people, people are going to notice and things will happen because of that. But, you know, you say the wrong things, you give them the wrong vibe, they don't have to sell it to you. Now, when it comes to, you know, 
the president wanting background checks on private sales, that's ridiculous because I don't know anybody that would sell a gun to a stranger. I don't know anybody that would sell a gun to somebody they had any inkling they might do something bad with it because let's face it. But if I walk into a gun store right now, yeah, but David, if I gun to somebody and they hurt somebody, you're going to get sued. Yeah, no, but here's the thing though: if I walk into a gun store right now, no one in that score would know who the hell I am. I'm a complete stranger, and I can buy a gun. Like that's how that that's how that works. Period. I go buy a piece of clothing. I'm a complete stranger. I buy food. I'm a complete stranger to the checkout person. I go buy a gun. None of those people in there are going to know me or you or anybody else. You're right. Let, let, I want you to try something, though, Brett. I want you, you know, you're an investigative reporter, and you are good at what you do. I'll give you that. You make a lot of politicians in this town nervous <laughs> on both sides. And that's good. That means you're doing your job. I appreciate that. Walk into a gun store and act like you're interested in something. And see what questions they ask you. They will engage you in conversation. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're fishing. If they're any good at their job, go to one of the big stores and just, you know, act like you're looking at something and you're serious about it and watch how they manipulate the conversation. What they're looking for is they're feeling you out. They're trying to get a feeling in their mind of who you are, why you may want this, what your intentions might be, because nobody wants somebody to get hurt. And nobody wants something traced back to them that's used to hurt somebody. Now, I got a friend that I've known for 30-something years that I sell guns to every now and then. He's been a cop in Charlotte for 30 years. You know, I feel comfortable selling him a gun. But I know that if I sell something to somebody and they hurt somebody, I'm going to lose everything I got and feel bad. But I'm going to lose everything that I have. But people do not just sell guns to people they do not know. That That's crap. Well, although I will say I don't want some 25-year-old who thinks he knows trying to do a psychological background of me just from a happenstance meeting. I will say that. Like, that seems a well, little... Well, you may not even notice it. See, that's the neat thing. If they're good or I know, but I mean, but... There's a way of questioning people without them know they're being... Well, there is. There is. There is. Hey, David, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate you calling in and holding on so long. I do appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. BT's great. But I appreciate it. All right, my man. All right, so we've had some really good – David, I appreciate the phone call last segment. Big guy. Let's go back to the phones because Jeff has been holding on patiently as well. Jeff, thanks for calling and thanks for listening, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, Brett. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yes, uh, want to echo some of the previous callers. Uh, I don't think it went far enough. Uh, I think the permitting process was a hurdle for law-abiding citizens. Uh, for instance, uh, you're in a domestic uh, dispute. Uh, the woman fears for her life. Uh, they have a restraining order. Okay, he physically can't come near. That doesn't keep him from harming her. Uh, she has to fill out the permit, which all they do is run a NICS check. They can fight that. You don't do fingerprinting, uh, all that. And then wait, pay the fee, wait for it to be mailed to you, then go, and then they run another NICS check, which is redundant, at the point of purchase. I think for law-abiding citizens... It's just an undue hurdle. It's a burden on our Second Amendment. It's an infringement on our Second Amendment. Well, I like I said, we took advantage of the opportunity. Now, and I agree with the other caller as well. You seize this moment when you can to remove hurdles to your constitutional rights. But let me—I mean, that's that's fine. That's well and good. Like I said, and I love playing devil's advocate. My dad was a sniper in Vietnam, so I mean, I grew up around guns. I grew up military family as well. Yeah. So, like, I, like I said, and my best friend on the planet, he he literally, or his son, truly has like an AR-15. Like, like they're all, like, which is great. They go to gun, sh- you know, gun shows and they shoot at the range all the time. I like, I am Training not anti-gun at all. Yeah. I have never been anti-gun. I just. But I will say this, and like I asked, I asked David earlier, 
I know it's it's not your rights. I understand. It's I think a lot of the laws of the argument is the laws are put in to make sure the people who shouldn't have them don't get them. And if it's a little bit of an inconvenience for you, like how big of a pain in the rear end is it to get your driver's license? You have to go through the test and take the written test. Then you got to get your permit. Then you got to do the driving test. And then you got to take another test to get your driver's license. Like it's a major pain in the rear end just to make sure the people who are driving are the ones that should be driving. Does that make any sense? No, I understand, but that's also not a constitutional right. That's, that's a no. It's a privilege to regulate no, as well. It is. And I'm not I'm not trying to nitpick, but it, it's it's just people are it's it seems so easy now for everybody. Well, just one more step, or just one more step, or just one more step, and, and maybe just one more. Uh, we live in a free society. What is to keep a person of, of unstable mental capacity here going into Home Depot and buying a hammer and going out and beating three people to death. Well, no, that's, that's exactly right. But the, but, the, but the odds of doing um, mass destruction with a hammer is very slim compared to a gun. Uh, agreed. There, there's a difference in the, in the force level. But, uh, and also on your point about the, uh, the permit, uh, I think it's, uh, it's absurd that they differentiate between buying a long gun and a, uh, and a pistol. Uh, I'm sure you, you do the research. You're fantastic at it, as the other caller pointed out. I'm sure there's not as many mass shootings that have occurred with a handgun. You're limited by capacity uh, as there is a long gun. I can, anybody, like you said, of good standing, legal citizen, can go down and buy a long gun and walk out today. Why should I wait two months? They make it sound like it's 14, 15 days. It's well into two months. But <laughs> but is that more. that big of a deal to make sure that someone doesn't have a gun that shouldn't have it? If you're if somebody's threatening your life, yeah. Is. But how often has somebody ever threatened your life? How often has someone ever Me threatened your life? I've only been involved in one altercation right. with with somebody actually threatening deadly force. But I'm talking about more like a force uh, multiplier for somebody that might be more vulnerable. I'm a pretty big guy. I'm okay. I'm pretty good with my hands. But a force multiplier from a young single mother of two uh, in the parking lot of a Harris yeah. Teeter at 8 a.m. coming home from a long shift, uh, she needs access to a firearm and training as quick as she can get it if she feels threatened. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I, d- I don't disagree with that, but I think two but months is... But that permitting process extended that. Yeah, well, like I said, but I don't... I Personally, I don't think two months is that big of a deal to wait. I really don't, to make sure that someone shouldn't have what a gun. But, have, but I will say this, though. I will say this, ahead, Jeff. The one, the one thing that I do like, I do like, and I, it should have been this way from the get-go, is now that every county, all 100 counties in North Carolina have to do the same thing and are under the same umbrella. As before, Union County did things differently than Mecklenburg County, which did things that's differently that's than Gaston that, yeah. County. I'm glad that everything is uniform now. It was up to the sheriff, yeah. They right. had the authority to, to dictate. Which the, I thought was silly, which was silly. Like, it should have been one rule for all with 100 counties. Residents of Mecklenburg County should not have been treated differently from Gaston County, which should not have been treated from Catawba County. Like, I, it should have been uniform. And so I'm glad it is now a uniform law. I am, yeah, I I am happy about that. that. I, like the way that. I like the result of the legislation, though. Uh, it's, I think they just eliminated a hurdle for, in a free society. There are risks. And uh, they have to look at everybody, I mean, on paper as being law-abiding. And uh, until they prove otherwise. And the same background check is run at the counter, whether you buy a pistol or a long gun. Uh, say you bought a permit during the eight weeks it takes to receive it. What if you had a disqualifying event, legal event come up? Nick's is going to check that. It's going to catch that. But the FBI has acknowledged that their mental background checks are extremely limited. Like they've admitted that. 
So you'd have to have a, a, a gross like uh, substance abuse uh, conviction, violent crime, or um, right. Mainly, mainly they deal with PTSD and uh, substance abuse, exactly. which. Which is kind of got me. I mean, there's some kind of filter yeah. there, but yeah. I, well, like I said, I, I, I think I'm not a legislator, so I don't right. have the perfect answer. But hey, Jeff, I really do appreciate the phone call, bud, and thanks for listening. All I right, really thanks. do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, yes, sir. And I got another story for you for another time here about some stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear it anytime, buddy. Right. Thanks a lot. All right, let's real quickly let's grab Tyler. Uh, Tyler, we got about 45 seconds, my man. Or do you would you, or would you just prefer to hang on through the break? You got a choice. Yeah, I, I could go real quick, Brett. Okay. Go ahead, my I man. I appreciate you taking my call. I've been a long-time listener of WBT. Uh, definitely miss Rush. Um, my comment for Gary McFadden, directly to him, and his party, the Democrat Party, the one thing that they never want to talk about when they use a gun shooting to push for more gun laws is the fact that criminals do not how many gun restriction laws you create? There's still going to be guns. So the more restrictions you put on our Second Amendment rights is only hurting uh, the law-abiding citizens. Period. Well, I 100% agree with you on that aspect. 100%, Tyler. I do. Like, I don't think that's a dis- disagreement on there. And thanks for the phone call, buddy. I am up against the break. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to The Pete Callender Show.